Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Abib. We got a draft board uh, in front of us. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing amazing. Awesome. Happy to be here. I think that I, I this is the time of night to do podcasts at my house. I think I've got the lighting done correctly now. <laughs> we'll see as the sun sets over my head uh, whether I get worse and worse as uh, time goes on. But I think that uh, lighting is fine for now. Um, yeah, I'm having all types of issues over here, but we'll. No, I like it. I like it. You you look we'll angelic. <laughs> well, we are we are in the uh, the the Millie Billy streets tonight. Um, we're on a time crunch. I, I say we just skip the song, fellas, and we just get after it. Yeah. Um, we we had a a draft head to head where Andrew and I split a team with a beam. We we did this. Uh, not knowing we were going to be in the same draft before we did this. I, I love being able to DM Abib and ask him about my builds and kind of talk shop. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't love drafting against him, but I think it was a, a good process because we, we were able to talk about it um, now. So Abib, you got the, the one one in this draft. Maybe talk about your, your process going McCaffrey. Is that, is that every time you get the one one right now? I mean, it shouldn't be, but it, it pretty much is. Uh, oddly enough, I just landed the 101 uh, yesterday <laughs> in a main. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, we were joking around that I should probably go Jonathan Taylor. And I just – I couldn't pull the trigger. It was honestly between McCaffrey, uh, Cup, and Jefferson. Oh, sorry, mm -hmm. McCaffrey, Jefferson, and Chase. Uh, you know, I'm really – you know, I, at that at that spot, that 101, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong with a lot of guys. Uh, but really what I'm just looking for – in general, when I'm drafting out of the first round, is a guy who can like really just break, you know, break the draft. You know, someone who can just really put up, uh, you know, like in someone in Christian McCaffrey's case, 400 plus points over the yeah. course of a you know a fantasy season. And you know, with Naheem Hines there and the lack of receiving work, uh, I just I feel like that upside is capped. But, but again, it, there's no issue with going Jonathan Taylor 101. I just have a you know, a little bit higher uh, risk profile uh, when going for guys uh, with, you know, they carry a little bit more risk. You see the video game numbers from somebody else. And and you didn't mention bye weeks. It has nothing to do with the week 14 bye week for Jonathan Taylor um, at all. Yeah, I, I, just, there. yeah I largely ignore it for the most Good. part. Okay. I think you can make an argument going both ways, you know, uh, ideally, you know, uh, you know, barring any injury, I have my guys for 14 plus weeks, you yeah. know. Uh, and so they're they're likely going to ideally put me in the points leader or uh, have me you know uh, in a position where in my particular league I have the uh, best record. So you know in the FFPC format there are multiple ways of uh, getting into that large field tournament uh, towards the uh, back end of the year. So I try not to uh, let the bye weeks sway me too much, especially when you have so many elite options who have bye weeks during yeah. that time. So I'll, I'll figure it out when we get there. I got 14 weeks to 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 uh, to come up with a plan <laughs> yeah good no i i like that and, and even then i i'd almost say you know if if you if one were to let it affect you i'd almost rather have the week 14 by week than the week 13 with yeah. uh because by the time you're in week 14 if you're really playing for championship i think that you're already in the money or at least break even um on that particular team maybe the way the payout structures yep. work so uh any, anyways we can, we can move on from by weeks but not not important but figure i throw it out there and Abib, you guys are putting out awesome stuff at, at first and fifteen. Is the whole first and fifteen team, uh, Deo and, and Chris, are you guys all on McCaffrey at the one hundred and one, or is there a little bit of head button in the uh, in the group chat right now? <laughs> There's definitely some head button. Chris thinks I'm crazy. 
you know, he just, I think, you know, I think there is some recency bias, uh, you know, when it comes to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you know, yes, he's been injured, but, you know, for me, you know, I wouldn't say I'm largely injury agnostic. I think it's, you know, dependent on the player. You know, for me, you know, I try to avoid guys coming back that first year off of ACL. Uh, but with Christian, you know, he really hasn't, you know, had any serious injuries. Uh, these have all been kind of soft tissue injuries that, you know, ideally he's uh, recovered from. We haven't heard anything out of camp. So right now he's going in at 100 percent. You know, is he more likely to pull a hamstring? Possibly. Uh, but that, you know, again, you gotta, it depends on your kind of, uh, you know, risk profile. And, and for me, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk given the potential uh uh, production that he can give me over the course of a, a season. So no previous surgeries. He's still fairly young. You know, I, I, I love this type of back who can dominate on the ground in the receiving, you know, you know, in the air and then, you know, at the goal line. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think that he's, uh, you have to have a, an optimistic approach to drafting. I think a lot of people worry a lot about what could go wrong, but I think what could go right with Christian McCaffrey is he could be a 30 point per game guy. And I agree with you that it's it's hard to uh, see Taylor having that unless he just goes for an absurd amount of like long touchdowns this year, um, or he has some sort of an outlier profile or where where you know Hines goes down or something like that. And then Andrew, we get Justin Jefferson uh, at the 104. Um, this was pretty easy for us. Yeah. Uh, anything anything to add on that? Uh, no. This was my second main. I uh, got picked three the first time, picked four this time with you. Two, two Justin Jefferson teams. Um, and I would have, I would have chosen, or I think the only debate maybe that I was trying to throw out there was maybe Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to give you some credit and a little bit of thirty seconds to uh, to tell everyone about your awesome build. Did did you get in your main uh, Jamar Chase? I, like I have a, I have a Jamar Chase one ten share, so I don't want to brag so hard, but it's yeah. In in I'm your I ran yeah, pure with that one. Yeah, your your feedback to me was sorry, Andrew. I've already got my chase team <laughs> one ten. We can't be going chase at one hundred four. Uh, so you know there'll be plenty of other opportunities to grab chase uh, in between this, like what five five and five and ten. So we uh, yeah. we went Justin Jefferson since we had the opportunity there. So yeah, we can and, move on to that one. Yeah, we we can move on. So Andrew and I have talked about this a lot, Abib, and I don't know if you're seeing this in in your your main events and your football guys builds. But it seems like certain teams go into these drafts with the preconceived idea of what they want to do with their builds. And it goes more past getting your guy. And it's more like, this is the position I want to hit in this round. I think it's bad process. We see three, we see four wide receivers to end this uh, first round. Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel. The Debo one kind of stands out. Mm-hmm. What yep. are your guys' reactions to that? I know we, we like having the occasional unique build, um, especially if you're going high volume, but maybe some reaction to what Team 12 did. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, it just kind of comes down to whether or not he's, uh, you know, where he has Debo ranked. Uh, I mean, if he has Debo ranked as, you know, kind of one of his top five wide receivers, I don't I don't take uh, too much issue with it. Uh, for me personally, uh, you know, I, I don't have Debo, you know, really ranked in this, you know, in the first two rounds for me, uh, just kind of given all the uncertainty there. Uh, so I, I wasn't necessarily a fan of it, but then you saw that he sort of kind of just went uh, uh, wide receiver berserk. I guess he went, you know, pseudo hero tight end slash RB. Uh, but uh, it, for me, that, that that's not necessarily my preference. Uh, and to kind of get back to what you were saying earlier, as far as going in with the idea that I'm going to do a zero RB or hero RB or, or robust RB or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, 
yeah, I, I just really don't ascribe to that. I, honestly, it's as simple as just get the guys who score the most points, you know, you know, you know, draft the right guys. And it really doesn't matter to me, you know, what the type of build is. Now, you know, if you're someone who just really wants to avoid RB because you feel like that's a very fragile position and you kind of want to hammer wide receivers, you know, my, my take on that is that RBs to me are extremely safe, you know, from a weekly, a week to week standpoint, you know, I, I tend to like not necessarily focus in on, okay, what did a guy end the year at, at as far as overall points and focus more in on, okay, what is the guy giving me points per game? Like I value that much, much more. If I get 12 games of CMC, gladly take them at 101 yeah. every yeah. single time, because it's not, you're not taking a zero at that position. But then with some of the wide receivers, and granted, we're all trying to find that, you know, Cooper Cup of this year or Stephon Diggs of here previously. But if you're just taking this kind of shotgun approach and I'm just going to draft a bunch of them, well, now you're going to be having a bunch of, you know, uh, starting roster spots that are going to have these high variant weeks where guys are going to be giving you zeros or single digits. And it's going to be kind of tough, I think, uh, to win, you know, in, in a format where, where other guys are, get, you know, uh, providing more dependable uh, week in and week out numbers, you know. How successfully you start someone, you know, it, you know, because again, some of these guys you may draft, say you draft a Christian Kirk and say Christian Kirk kind of has an average year. He has some boom weeks and he has some weeks that are so so. But how often do you start him on those boom weeks? You know, so in essence, like you're carrying around this dead weight, you have no yeah. idea when to start this guy. You may miss a week and then you put him in your lineup and then you get a zero. So now you take two hits on there. So me in general, even if I go like, you know, you know, start off with three or four wide receivers. I'm just hammering RBs because eventually, you know, towards the end of the year, ideally I'm starting four running backs that I feel confident they can give me 15 plus points week in and week out. Unless I just yep. hit on that wide receiver, you know, who's proven that he can like, you know, be reliable on a week to week basis. Yeah. And to be about, I want, I want to get to the four running backs start for you. Right. Just on the, on the topic of going in, I think that the one T I know we pointed out 12, Team 11, and I, and I meant to do a little bit of like work and research, but part of the course for me, I didn't. Dublin Cottle, I, I just wonder if that's Colin Kelly from the road of his guys. I didn't double check that. I don't know if you guys know his uh, his thing. No, I don't, I don't I don't know. know. Okay, okay. It says I, Dublin I just, in it, so it could be uh, could be something. I don't know. But I the, the it was the Mike Evans pick for me. It almost seemed like a pick where they were like thought damn sure they were gonna get Debo. In the second round, and they were just like <laughs> committed, like that would like like the, the, as you said, it'd be like okay, like maybe Team Twelve just like likes Debo a lot, but it was like yeah. it was like Mike Evans that really stood out of like dude, like yeah, you didn't have to take Mike Evans there, but in, unless you were like purposely like I'm going to make a yellow freak show um, roster, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that that one was the one that really stood out, and I think that, that you know immediately texted Theo like I think they're just like going ZRB just for like the the hell of it and not really like thinking through like the, the why they should be doing it. Yeah. And, and Mike Evans is such a, I mean, you know, I like Mike Evans, but he's such a dangerous pick to me. You know, yeah. uh, we talk about on the pod a lot, uh, talent versus situation. And ideally like in the first round, you're getting a guy who just like dominates both. He has great talent and he's in a great situation. Those are the safest plays. Those are the, you know, easy click button plays. Yeah. Uh, and yes, you know, Mike Evans is a great talent, but is he really a, a top tier talent? At what point have we ever drafted, you know, Mike Evans in the first round throughout his career? <laughs> yeah. Almost never. And he's yeah. played with some really good quarterbacks. Even though Jameis Winston was a turnover machine, he was still someone, you know, who was willing to throw the ball up and obviously playing with Tom Brady. Uh, and if you go and you go back and look at, 
you know, Mike Evans previous years, even in years where he dominates from a TD standpoint, which is where I think, you know, what I think we're gravitating towards this year, he's still kind of not giving you really that kind of top four, top five wide receiver overall type numbers. So, you know, and I think this, you know, we did, we drafted, I think before we kind of got some of the Godwin news, but even then you still yeah. have to anticipate Godwin right. coming back. I, I'm actually kind of still a Gage fan. Uh, and even though Julio is old, he's going to provide you some weeks, you know, he's going to provide you some weeks. So uh, to me, you know, the Mike Evans pick there is, is a tough one to swallow. I, like I, you know, you can make an argument for all these guys in terms of how yeah. they can fail, but the argument as far as how Mike Evans catches 90 plus passes, 1500 plus yards and double TDs, I think is one that's harder to make. So it's, if he has an average Mike Evans season, then you did not get return on value at pick no. number thirteen. At uh, pick number fourteen, uh, fourteen. So it's it's uh, that's the difficult thing with Mike Evans. I will say this: if you if you're a Vegas odds guy, he's like plus seven hundred to lead the league in touchdown receptions. Uh -huh. So I think the bet on Evans, it's difficult to bet on touchdowns. But I think like that's the bullish argument: is this is his fifteen touchdown year? Um, but again, it's, I would not have gone in that direction. Uh, certainly at the the two oh two, we 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 really liked Andrew. We really liked um, kind of how the tail end of this first round went because we knew that some value would start falling to us. Yeah, um, we see Swift, Henry, Cook, Saquon go. We were a little disappointed to see Kyle Pitts go. <laughs> that would have been a tough decision. Green. That would have been a tough decision, especially the Andrews' uh, love for Kyle Pitts in that spot. But we were happy to get Mixon. We actually, I think, we have the lowest. At the time we drafted, yeah, certainly, certainly we had one in a, in a maze. Yeah, yeah, mix. I, I love the pick there. You know, we we get into these drafts, and you know, all off season, especially uh, you know early on, uh, or once we you know kind of get to the point where we are now with training camp, we get all these hype guys. You know, and Mixon is really one of those hype guys. But there's a lot to be said that Mixon has as much upside as anybody else here in the second round, given the offense that he plays in. You know, he's just not a sexy pick, but he's still a very, very, very solid pick. And what I'm what I'm thinking about in this round, you know, okay, yeah, a guy who can like produce end year end of year RB one numbers from a points per game basis. But can can is this a guy that, you know, in those money weeks can give me fifteen to twenty points, you know, three consecutive weeks? And yep. Mixon can definitely do that. You yep. know, is this a guy that can give me a 30, 40 point game? you know, by scoring three or four TDs. Mixon and that offense can definitely do that. So I, I love yeah. that pick there. I love that pick there. I'm, I'm glad that you said you loved it, B, because I didn't. I was like, I was, <laughs> I, was I, really, I, liked it, I liked it a lot. Sometimes. No, I, yeah. I, I, after I saw the build, right, like the, the hindsight being 2020, and Dio knows yeah. this, like he knows that I was like losing my mind, like yeah. Mixon versus Higgins, it was going to be like a bangle. I was trying to get yeah. Higgins and the, the argument of us having the low on Mixon was great. Um, but I was losing my mind in the moment. But after you know, seeing the rest of the board, seeing how it went, and seeing the overall build, um, Mixon was like absolutely the, the, the splash play. But like I, I went back and forth like on that yeah. pick. Like you know, even after yeah, we're around like six or whatever, I'm just like texting Theo like, <laughs> all right, I'm finally coming around to Mixon now. <laughs> but see, so. Mixon there, Mixon there versus like Mixon earlier in the second round, yeah. like it's just a different type of feel. Like you totally. got him at value, you know. Yeah. Like who else are you gonna take at? Like you were, you know, you're kind of battling between you know T Higgins, but T Higgins may have fallen fallen back to you, you know. Yeah, could have. And yeah. you yeah. can still find that T Higgins pick a little bit later on in the yeah. draft. So.
And I and I like and I like mix. I agree with everything you said. I mean, yeah. I think that you know, in terms of friendship and how they evolve on the internet, like Austin Martin and I originally bonded over you know his love of Mixon and me sliding his DMs <laughs> over Mixon. So I I got yeah. a I got a soft spot in my heart for Mixon. But we can get to your uh, second and third round picks. Abib. Abib, yeah, you, you go with you go with Kamara and and Fournette in the two three turn. Were there any guys you were hoping like were you hoping for for Tyreek there? And were there other guys you were considering? When you took Kamara and Fournette, was absolutely praying and hoping for Tyreek Hill uh, or even Javante Williams. Uh, and you know, it sucks when the board follows your rankings and tiers, <laughs> and not only your rankings but like your tiers. And like you're like, oh crap, everyone in that tier is gone now. So now I gotta, you know. So at this point, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm always thinking roster construction, but I'm like heavily thinking roster construction because. Me going Kamara and Fournette here really puts you in a bind as far as, uh, you know, what potential wide receivers come back to you. And we'll kind of, you know, talk about that a little bit later. But in essence, what I thought to myself was, you know, what, uh, all the guys have gone on my tier. Uh, let me just get the guys who I feel are going to provide me the most points. And it, I mean, it really literally just kind of came down to that. Uh, I, I'm, I haven't really been one who's kind of been fading Kamara because of the um, – potential suspension news in fact I, I think i've been you know you know getting into drafts just to see how far i can get them and how late i can get them uh you know the 212 is not not you know not amazing value but i think we start to see his uh adp rise you know the closer we get and the less news we uh hear about a, a imposing suspension the hardest pick here was the leonard fournette pick uh you know there were a handful of wide receivers uh and uh between Higgins, uh, Pittman, A.J. Brown, uh, and I'm currently, you know, in a main right now where I have the 101 and literally had this exact same decision. Uh, and I've now included Cortland Sutton actually into that group. Uh, oh, because, I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've fallen in love with Cortland. I don't mean to slow you down. I just, I, <laughs> I'm definitely going to go back to that. You keep going. Yeah. So, in retrospect, I probably would not go Fournette again. This is actually my first and only Fournette share. Uh, I should I shouldn't say only, uh, you know, but I'm 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 underweight on Fournette. Yeah. But I, you know, I can see a scenario. You know, at, at any point in the draft, you need to be able to, you know, tell yourself a story, uh, have a narrative where your team can succeed. And this team is one that follows a narrative that okay, you know, we saw a down year from RBs. Maybe we see a year where RBs, you know, start to kind of really uh, take the lead you know, as far as overall fancy points, Fournette still plays in a very high-powered offense with a quarterback who loves to in include his uh, running backs in the passing game. Maybe we see that uptick in TDs with no Gronk. You know, I think we've all been looking at Evans, but maybe we also see, a, you know, some you know some TDs that are picked up on the ground with Fournette. Uh, I think we're all kind of worried about the rookie. I'm not necessarily worried about the rookie overtaking his job. I am worried about Fournette staying healthy when I need him, you know. He gives me this sort of kind of just this uneasy feeling. So, uh, but I ended up going that. I ended up just kind of going for upside there. Uh, I think, you know, T. Higgins I like, but at best he is a one B, you know, to you know in a one A situation. So I feel like that caps him. Pittman's still in an offense that you know is going to favor the run, and I really do buy into this Hines being much more involved. Paris Campbell can stay healthy. You know, Alex Pierce in the red zone. Uh, you know. I still like Pittman. I like the idea of, you know, Matt Ryan really targeting that number one guy, but, you know, I just wasn't necessarily sold on that. A.J. Brown was a tough one. Uh, and so, not to spoil it, but in my current main, I ended up going A.J. Brown uh, nice. <laughs> in that situation. So. What, what was that start? 
CMC That's, and then what what? Uh, CMC, Kamara again, Kamara and, and uh, AJ Brown. Okay. I, I strongly considered uh, CMC, AJ Brown, and Cortland Sutton, but well, okay. I, I, I didn't have enough balls, I guess. <laughs> we, we, you we, feel we, like we talked about the uh, the AJ Brown. I'm, I'm glad to see you did that, Abib, because yeah, Andrew and I have talked about an AJ Brown at the uh, at the two three turn. Yeah. Um, because he's he's often going in like the mid third, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's there's going to be some team that has AJ with a potential McCaffrey or Taylor, where it, like if everything goes right, yeah. that team could could have could have the nuts. Yeah. Um, kind of would come down to to Kamara for for you in that one. Um, in terms of other people might have a little something else unique, but like AJ's AJ's super interesting. And actually, Andrew and I, maybe Andrew, you could talk about our decision to go Travis Etienne because we were between Etienne and AJ Brown. Yeah, no, I we loved AJ Brown, and I think that we had just had Ben Gretch on, and we were talking about we were talking about Higgins versus AJ Brown, and like the debate that we were having because I we just done maybe like a football guys. Yeah, we 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 love AJ Brown, but I I think it came down to Etienne seemed like he had you know, potential breakout upside. And I think he, he was like, and going again, going back to the, my freak out of Mixon versus Higgins, uh, which is certainly <laughs> a straight jacket situation. I, you know, I, we were looking ahead to the third round. I was like, Hey, Theo, like what if we go Higgins here and ETNs in the third round? I think we feel good. And, you know, uh, you know, I, cause I was looking at, I was like, I oh, will do here RB and maybe we, we figure out with ETN. Um, but, you know, so I guess my point is that we had our eyes set on ETN from round two, it was just like that with that different build in in, um, in the second. But I, yeah. I think that in terms of like you know you know being in Jacksonville, liking his pass catching upside, uh, ETN made the most sense for us uh, for us there. I don't know if you had anything to. Uh, well, to I think to. yeah, I, I think that like we you know structurally the idea to go with two running backs early, um, it kind of opens us up to some of the wide receivers that Andrew is a big fan of and, and some that I I like as well in the next few rounds because we lock down RB2. We we view ETN as a as a you know a really high outcome type guy because of his his pass catching ability. But I think having him as the RB2, um, especially with Jacksonville offense could potentially struggle a little bit. I, I like that a little more where we have him with Mixon. Um, and he still catch, you know, he still has potential to catch a lot of passes. So I like that one a lot. It's tough to go with him over AJ Brown. But I think looking at the way the board fell, we like our build more going running back, running back there. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really stands out. I want to kind of get to um, our Hollywood Brown pick, and then we, we want to be to talk about his four or five turns. So, Andrew, we, we come back around. Um, was there anybody you were really hoping would fall to us? I know we talked about Cortland Sutton. Um, we were hoping he landed to us. Is there anybody else that, you know, maybe – you in hindsight wish you would have taken instead of Hollywood Brown or, or anybody that you were hoping would fall there? No, just looking ahead slightly to round five, I, you know, Josh Allen would have been really tempting. I started texting Theo at midnight. Cause I think that pick came in at like 1am or something when we were in asleep for the Josh Allen. I was like, Hey, like I want to put something on your radar and I, you know, I don't want to say it out loud just in case it gets spoiled. You know, nevertheless, I just think that the end of the fourth round is really weird. Cause a, a lot of this wide receiver tier gets cleared out. And I really do think that uh, Hollywood Brown is the, the best of them before you, you get back into like the, the DK Metcalf turn, which you went a couple picks afterwards. So I, I just think that Hollywood was kind of who I was hoping for, who I was really expecting uh, to be there. And I'm, you know, I ended up glad, glad we, we took him. And I think just 
pairing that with four or five, um, the Hollywood Bateman, and I, I don't want to, you know, I want to save the quarterback conversation for later, but Hollywood Bateman there, I think really does a good job of opening up two awesome quarterbacks for round six, round seven. And uh, I don't think any more, but round eight uh, potentially. And, and also, Andrew, I'll, I'll give you credit. You know, you, you're always good at trying to, to, to see a stack down the, down the line. And when you have Hollywood and you have Bateman, yeah. you know, it opens up, up to Kyler or Lamar, um, which, you know, spoiler alert, we end up going Lamar, but uh, that's because. Well, uh, like, like I said, I was going to give, I was going to give a beep shit later. Cause I don't know why he's taking, taking Murray from us, but anyways, <laughs> no. I, I think, I think I like it better for, for, for Lamar, but you know, we can, we can talk about that now or, uh, now we're later. So, Abib, you you took a long time with the the Montgomery and Cooks picks at the four or five turn. Maybe oh. talk a little bit about your process there. What guys you were hoping would fall to you, and your ultimate decision to go with something a little boring for you. Who I know four or five yeah. turn you like you like going a little more exciting than Montgomery, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I was hoping uh, someone like uh, you know T Mac, you know, one of these kind of young studs with uh, fall to me, uh, didn't make it. Uh, and so at this point, I'm looking on the board and again, I'm kind of just going back and trying to you know, tell myself a story, you know, who on the board has the highest upside, you know, uh, and I know we all kind of define upside very differently uh, and we have kind of different lenses when we see upside. Uh, but even a guy like David Montgomery, I think, you know, in, you know, the right circumstance, you know, to me at that at that point in time really had the highest upside uh I, I definitely thought about josh allen there and thought about a number wide receiver between bateman and mooney um but felt like i'd be able to get a pretty you know you know higher end qb there and with this sort of kind of uh you know rough start i didn't want to put myself in too much of a, a a hole so you know the the kind of upside in you know, full disclosure, like I do not own much David Montgomery at all. <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> but again, like. He wants know, to clarify that for, for America right now. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there are, you know, by season's end, we're going to look back and say, man, I didn't see that coming, you know, or how did I miss out on that? You know, and it's because we didn't open ourselves up to the potential narrative or the story of this, you know, uh, you know, coming to fruition. So the, the narrative, you know, for David Montgomery is just that, He's the most experienced back there, okay? He's not this athletic freak by any means, but he's kind of the jack of all trades. And really what it came down to me when I kind of did the deep dive and read through all the athletic articles and tried to get as much, you know, inter you know, listen to as much coaching interviews as possible was that I, you know, I got this sense that they trust him the most when it comes to pass protection. And they also believe that he's a competent receiver, you know, and they want all their backs to be that. But in my mind, this is a team that's going to be trailing quite a bit, Okay. And I used this argument last year with Swift, where who's the back that's going to be in there, you know, in the hurry up two minute offense when they're trailing, uh, who's going to be in there, you know, off the goal line. To me, that's going to be David Montgomery. So I, there's a situation where he's seeing 70 plus targets. He's getting the far majority of the goal line work, you know, and then ideally in this new offense, that's a little bit more creative than what they were in last year, moving to, you know, kind of a more, you know, outside zone scheme you know with more rpo with maybe fields coming into his own you know we see a situation where maybe he's more efficient as well uh but it's really the targets and the, you know or the uh potential for the targets and receptions that got me on to him you know he's not someone that i think is just gonna like you know turn into a, a a jt but he is someone who i feel like can get me there with receptions and 
you know, there's been a lot of talk about him um, and, uh, you know, you know, sharing the work. This was something that I, you know, was well aware of and felt was going to happen regardless. But I think that they're going to be such a, a, a run heavy team that it's not going to matter, you know, with, you know, with, you know, 15 or so carries per game and four to five targets. I mean, he could literally smash at this uh, ADP, you know, whether that happens or not. I know it's a, you know, potential, you know, low volume offense. It is something that I think uh, is still very, very much in the realm of possibility. So that's the story that I told myself. And that's why I clicked on the David Montgomery like button. And at like that it. point, for me personally, Brandon Cooks was the best wide receiver on the board. So, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. The Cooks one, um, you're, you're in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're really in touch with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the first and 15 guys are, they're really, really, really into that team. And, uh, if I need a Texans question answered, I'll, I'll, I'll usually ask you or, or Deo. Would you consider any of the wide receivers after Cooks, or is it like Cooks and then a teardrop for you? No, no, I think well, I think Cooks is, yeah, Cooks is to me is in that Terry McLaurin tier. He's in the, uh, um, who else is in that tier for me? I, that's probably about it. <laughs> I have uh, Rashad Bateman and Darnell Mooney in just a tick below, and I think I, you know, I think I may be a little bit higher on Darnell Mooney uh you know then bateman i love bateman's like profile you know just you know just from like an athletic standpoint my only worry with that offense is you know um how many times are gonna throw are they gonna throw i really feel like they're gonna want to revert back to what they you know to you know when they were successful you know 2019 2020 season uh i thought that uh, they had to pass a lot out of necessity from last year uh but even then you know we, we may still see bateman smash but that was just that was the one worry. Uh, and Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, I think Bateman is, you know, has a better profile, but Darnell Mooney is just so, to me, you know, uh, so far in a way leads that Bears wide receiving corp and could realistically see like 160 plus targets. Uh, and if he's able to hit on a couple of those downfield targets, you know, and, you know, come down with six to seven TDs, uh, he can really pay off his ADP right now. So he's someone I love drafting. And it's more so because of where he's going. Yeah, he flashed big time this week. He had a big one-handed catch on the sideline from Fields. It was great to see. Um, Andrew, we were texting one another. Last year, our best uh, main event team, uh, we won We won the league. We had most points, was a Josh Allen team. And we kind of were getting hope that it was going to happen again. He ends up going one spot ahead of us. Um, we ended up taking Bateman. Uh we were both pretty in, in unison that Bateman yeah. was the correct pick there, right there. Um, it took us about maybe five minutes to yeah. – Once put, we woke up. Once we were both awake. <laughs> yeah. We were both awake. We want to get it in and keep the draft moving. So I think we can we can move on from Bateman. Well, um, well the only thing, the only thing I'd say, Theo, as, as I did catch you say, it, it took Abiba a long time at the turn, the 4-5 turn. And, and while true, it wasn't very nice. So I anyways, <laughs> I, I want that on the record. It was true, but not nice. No, I, I would say Theo. The, the only the the um, before we move on from the round five wide receivers, I have Mooney, Juju, and Amon Ra, who went the next three in a tier of like I don't want to get stuck with them, and and maybe they work for a certain build like as like wide receiver like four or whatever. Um, but but I I was really worried that we were going to lose Bateman, uh, Cooks, and Judy at that turn. So I you know I think I w- I was looking for a wide receiver in round five. Um, but but cer- uh, but certainly held um, the, the Bateman and Judy uh, in, in a higher level than uh, than Mooney, Juju, or, or Amon Ra. So. And then Andrew, we had a tough one in the sixth round. Um, Devonta Smith, you wanted to push up, 
Um, yep. And I agreed with you. It's, it was, there was a big run on wide receivers. Um, so, like, as you saw, the end of the fifth round was all yellow. Yep. And then we see Elijah Moore, Adam Thielen, Drake London go. Devonta Smith, in retrospect, do you wish you could trade that for anybody else? Or you, you will, I, regardless of his injury right now? No, I... I would I would do that one again, and I, I think that one really came down for me. It wasn't tight end or, or running back. We kind of went full Tom Petty with the tight end there, free falling. Um, so and like Jalen Hurts was also in our the back of our mind. Um, yeah, and and I guess I guess Theo, it really came down to do we at least for me could we push both quarterbacks back to us, knowing that there was one Josh Allen team. So really, unless you know Team Three wanted to get a. Uh, for some reason, is named Team Two, but that's that's another story. So, so Team Three already had Josh Allen, so it's just a matter of could we could we get around to Beeb and uh, the team in the in the second hole and get both uh, or one of uh, Kyler or Lamar back? And you know, of course, we take Devonta, which I love, and then you know, a Beeb a Beeb takes uh, takes Kyler <laughs> from us, um, and so it, it ended up working out because Team Two didn't take one, so they they were the last team we had to fade. They they did Josh Jacobs, so we were able to get Lamar back to us, which was great. Uh, to stack with Bateman. I know you have a ton of those two, those teams, Theo. So I, I don't know if you want to touch on Devonta Smith, the quarterbacks, or no, Beeb's turn. I, I, I think we got to keep, we got to keep moving for Abib's time. Abib, Amari Cooper, does he move up, or he does he move up for you with at least knowing, um, or at least having an idea of the Deshaun Watson potential suspension? No, <laughs> no. He's, Just, so this yeah. was, a, was this, this a this was a this was more of a need selection for you. Well, this was actually before kind of the news uh, had dropped, and I think we were kind of hearing four to six, uh, and I was going to try and, you know, structure this draft in a way where, like, I would have someone, you know, as my my starting wide receiver, too, uh, in this particular build and kind of have Amari Cooper, you know, waiting in the wings. Um, I'm not as low on Brissett as everyone else. Uh, I think even in these, like, atrocious offenses, someone still has to get the ball. And he is still, to me, I think he gets underrated as far as a route runner and, uh, and, and wide receiver. He's still far and away their best wide receiver. Uh, so even when Brissett was, you know, in Miami, someone still got the ball. And that person was Waddle. And he was still, you know, fancy viable as a starter. So yeah. it's not as if I can't use him, but it was, yeah, it was definitely somewhat of a need. Uh, but I didn't want to go too much need. It was a, I mean, it was really between Cooper and Kadarius Tony at that point. Uh, and this was kind of before, I think, you know, a lot of the Kadarius Tony hype. So mm-hmm. I, you know, kind of was happy, you know, I had this like uh, fictitious hope of, uh, of him falling back to me, uh, in, in, you know, in the eighth round. I'm I, sure would, you guys I wouldn't let it happen to be. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I figured as much. Uh, and so I, I thought about taking them both at that point, but with this build, I felt like, you know, I need to make sure that I win at one position. Uh, and I ended up going Kyler, not necessarily because I wanted to snipe you guys, uh, although it's it's kind of fun sending you on tilt a little bit. But well, we, we, so- had, we had them both open to us. So we, unless you wanted to go, go double quarterback on us, we, we, we were no, okay. No, 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 of yeah. course not, of course not. But I felt like the reason I wanted to go Kyler is because I thought, to my, you know, th- there there is a situation where Rondell Moore, who I, you know, ended up missing out on, you guys ended up getting, uh, is, you know, uh, you know, one of, you know, leading them as their wide receiver one over a period of time. Uh, so I, I felt like, you know, let me get Kyler here and then potentially, you know, come back and get more a little bit later on in the draft. Andrew, we were, we were happy to get Lamar, um, after Beeb went Kyler. I think we kind of see those two guys as 
you know, truly elite options that could be yeah. difference making makers. I don't think we need to go too too much deep. No, we all love no, Lamar no, Jackson. No. Um, maybe talk about how happy we were when we got Brandon Ayuk um, in the eighth round when he came back to us, and how upset Abib was uh, when we took a uh, Ayuk as well. I'd like to hear a little bit from the camp. <laughs> Well, he, we we should just let Abib talk about how upset he was, and then we'd. Snipe. Oh man, yeah, you got sniped me on a couple of uh, on a couple of, but that you know you know getting sniped just means that like you know especially if it's guys you respect, it means okay you know I have some you know it's like You're confirmation bias that like you know it's a good thing that I'm on these guys. It's a good thing. Theo, he's referring to you, not me. Just so well, <laughs> Brandon, Ayuk, Brandon, Ayuk, we all we all like Brandon Ayuk, and uh, yeah. he's actually moved up since this draft, so it was good. I mean, you're seeing him go seventh round now. Yeah. Um, I think he could be headed higher. He's like the camp star. So we yeah, take Brandon Ayuk. Um, yeah. And then, Abib, talk, talk to us about your Sky Moore, Alan Lazard picks. Yeah, so here, you know, this is definitely a position to need. So at this point, I'm looking, you know, for wide receivers that in my mind have the best upside or the highest upside. Um, Sky Moore, uh, obviously, you know, I think that situation is starting to kind of feel itself out. We, you know, it's sounding like Juju may be the guy, but – this is a situation where, like, I'm not necessarily interested in the guy currently. Uh, more interested in the guy who's gonna, you know, maybe uh, take over the reins later on. And this is also a situation where, at this point, I really want to be focused in on, you know, at least getting a guy who has some talent. Because Brandon Cooks, as much as I love him, uh, you know, his cap, his upside, you know, is capped at some point. And same, same thing with Amari Cooper. So. I, you know, I had been, you know, hearing and reading things of Sky Moore potentially lining up in the backfield. And, you know, I think one thing that I kind of we talked about, like very, very early on in the offseason was the NFL being this kind of copycat league. And one thing that was very successful last year was this, you know, hybrid RB wide receiver role that, you know, this hybrid back that Debo was, you know, running. So I, we may see teams not necessarily take that on, you know, you know, as a you know, having a full, you know, a guy just you know, run it as much as Debo, but even, you know, two to three carries a game can make a significant difference, I think. So I really like that pick there. The Alan Lazard one, I mean, again, you know, kind of going back, he's saying this, you know, this is not a guy that I have a lot of. He seems to apparently be a very, very polarizing figure, but, you know, I do see a situation where uh, he can pay off, you know, getting him at, you know, uh, in the ninth round where he can pay that off and he can be a weekly starter at times for me. I don't think that he's going to be a high target guy. I don't think he needs to be, you know, and this is not a bet uh, on Alan Lazard's talent or me placing a chip on Alan Lazard. This is a bet on him playing with one of the goats, like, yeah. you know, former reigning MVP. And he's not just, and he's a, you know, Rogers is a unique quarterback in a number of different ways. One, if he likes you, he's going to throw you the ball. He's going to get you the ball, you know? And so unprovoked many times he's mentioned Lazard as his wide receiver one. So at, at some point I just couldn't ignore that. But two, he's almost like a point guard out there, you know, as far as like finding the open man, even when they're not opening, you know, even when they're not open, you know, and throwing them open or putting it in, you know, tight positions where only his man can get the ball. And I love Alan Lazard near the goal line. So I see a situation where, you know, it's kind of maybe like an Adam Thielen type where, you know, maybe he's not, you know, killing it from a reception standpoint or a yard standpoint. But double TDs, you know, double-digit TDs, yeah. I think is something that's well within the realm of possibility. So that's the story I told myself with Lazard. And, it, you know, ninth round, I, I think it was going to kill me. I like the balance you had where you take the, the high upside player with a yeah. player who we know will have an early role. Yeah. And I like your, your call on Sky Moore. I think, like, if we think back to, like, rookie year Debo Samuel, 
uh, rookie year Tyree Kill. They tried to get him going with with manufactured runs, and by all account, all accounts, it seems like Kansas City's going to do that with Sky Moore. Yep. So he's going to have a fun growing role. Andrew, maybe talk about the next pick we made, um, which was James Cook. We were we were happy to get him at there in the, at the nine oh four. Yeah, this is another one where we played the odds um, on our. Eight. It was the it was the even round pick. I think we liked both Ayuk and Cook. I think that we were debating Cook in the eighth round. Um, and again, we we made we made Ayuk based on construction. Maybe a little bit of a B liked him um, on a zero percent chance Ayuk would come back, but maybe there was a what twenty percent chance we said that Cook could come back to us. And we liked Cook, you know, for for the, for the build, right? He's he's our RB three through nine. Um, rookie running back, we don't need him to start right away at all because we got Mixon and ETN on the board. So he's just more he's more of those guys that we, we want to see how he progresses throughout the year. And maybe maybe he's the smash play on a great team uh, in, in the money weeks. I think that that was more of the bet on Cook. And again, in terms of how we got him, I think it was it was all an odds game and kind of kind of crossing our fingers and hoping for the best uh, around that. Uh, that uh, it was so time. hard to pass on him there. Yeah. So okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, upside upside there with his receiving ability in that yeah. offense. Um, you could draw yourself a picture that he's a must start. You know, midseason on. Um, it could be a little choppy at first, but I think he'll have a role. Yeah. And then we loved our Rondell Moore pick. I know Abib's just talked about how he likes more. Um, Abib's got to get out of here in a few minutes. Yeah. So Abib, maybe you could, maybe you and Andrew could both just talk about. We had no fear of trying to push tight end, and I think mm-hmm. we were both yeah. comfortable going late. Maybe yeah. Abib, you could talk a little bit about who you selected at tight end, and then Andrew, you could talk about our tight end selection yeah. when we wrap this up. Yeah, I, you know the, the way that I play tight, you know, tight end is you know, can I get someone at value? So like, you know, someone's just kind of falling in drafts, falling in drafts, and you know, like you mentioned, you got uh, I think you DM me about T.J. Hawkinson, you know, falling pretty late into the sixth round. Like that's a smash play, yeah. but otherwise it's a position like I I don't want to like force it, uh, you know, and I typically like waiting late anyway. And I really only have a handful of guys who I feel like could potentially break out. And if you can't break out, then I, you know, I could really care less about who I'm throwing into that starter. And Evan Ingram, you know, real, I should say the uh, Jaguar starting tight end, currently yeah. Evan Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> the team team uh, tight end. Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, team Dan Arnold, right? Uh, but yeah. no, no, I think he's someone like obviously who could, you know, potentially even lead that team in targets. Yeah. You know, the head coach, obviously, and not to go you know too far into it, but obviously tight end friendly system. So. Uh, and then ended up going kind of Hooper late as kind of a safe play again. Uh, you know, someone who, given the current receiver course, I'm not buying into Robert Woods, you know, first year back from an ACL. Uh, and there's been some talk that they've kind of, you know, connected a little bit in camp between Hooper and T- Tannehill. So I, I waited. I, yeah, I'm not, I, I didn't want to go crazy in terms of getting three or four trying to fill out that position. Just wanted to grab two that I felt comfortable enough starting on a day-to-day basis, a yeah. week-to-week basis. And we really liked your Jalen Tolbert, I Rover, loved it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Theo. Good and Isaiah Pacheco and, and Gainwell picks. I think like rounds, you, you were very structural and, and and somewhat conservative with some of your earlier picks, but I think you yeah. really have exposure to a couple of really high upside guys. We loved what you did there, and you kind of used use the back-to-back picks to your advantage to to clear two of them at a time. Yeah. Um, those all stand out. Um, love, well, that, we, love that 12-13 turn. I'll be, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? I know you've got to get out of here, and then Andrew and yeah. I can talk out the rest of our build. Yeah, we. I'm at Twitter at uh, Skywalker2000, as you can see below. Um, podcast uh, at First and Fifteenth. Uh, you can also find you can find us on Twitter. 
on, on Apple, Spotify, as well as YouTube. It is a live uh, show, or not a live show, but a uh, uh, video podcast. So, uh, you know, would love for anyone listening in to come out and check us out. Uh, you guys have been great, as always. I love listening in to the Go District, you know, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, it, it stays in the queue. So I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I do not want to see you guys in any more mains, okay? <laughs> hold on. I, I, hold on. Before you go, before you go, one last nonsense. 15 yeah. seconds. You hide your name here. There, there was First of all, there's Twitter conversation yesterday about people bailing when they see you in drafts. You hide your name here as I scroll in with this dot. You really think they're hiding you when they can see your, your – People your know theory? you're the dot, Abib, at this point. You've yeah, people know you're the dot. Yeah, it was kind of a running joke at first. I was just very lazy as, as oh, far God. as like coming up with team names. So okay. it was just dot, and I just kind of ran with it. At some point, okay. I'll go, I'll go in and replace them all with team okay. one, two, three, et cetera. But yeah, I need to. Yeah, I probably need to look into maybe changing my whole username. But who, we'll yeah, see. yeah. If you really want to hide, you got to change the username. I think, <laughs> too I think much work. Build, too much work. Building like maybe like Dave Hubbard do that too. Anyways, and we highly all recommend right. highly recommend listening to first and fifteen. Andrew and I listen. JD and Dan, listen, it's Absolutely. one of my favorite pods as well. So, uh, AB, crush your draft, you right? and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, Appreciate it, guys. You guys have a good one. Yeah. You too. Andrew, sticking with ours, Jusecki. We take uh, we take Jusecki here in the 11th round. Um, we weren't overly excited, but I, I think I kind of pushed the Jusecki pick a little bit more than, than you did. Um we talked about Everett. We talked about Fant. For me, it was just Jacecki. We've seen have success. Um, we expect that the offense takes a step forward. Do you have any trepidation or, or regrets about making that Jacecki pick? And is there any tight end you you would trade him for right now? No, I mean, I in a vacuum, if it was like my team and my team alone, I, I'm probably taking Everett. I I quite frankly don't think it matters though. Um, at the point that we took, you know, Gasicki, I you know I. He's probably somebody we have to feel more or less obligated to have on the roster the whole year. Um, not that that's a bad thing, but I, you know, obviously you can't drop a name like Kasiki unless he, you know, gets hurt or whatever. So we'll, we'll we'll see. I think he had some bad camp reports or some camp reports that he was going to be in line blocking more. But a, a lot of that to me means he's on the field, and I I'm not as down on the Dolphins' offense as uh, as some or, or Tua maybe as some. Um, I could see somebody like. Um, I'm not saying he's Kittle talent wise, but somebody who earns his stripes and earns some of those touches. Uh, and I think, I think Kasiki can do that. And as you said, he's, he's shown he can put up some numbers before and I, you know, you know, ultimately we can, you know, we can stream a little bit. Yeah. And we've seen him have smashed games and we've seen him have a 70 catch season. So like we've seen Jusecki have NFL success. Um, he's, he's franchise tagged. He's only on a one year deal here in Miami, but it's hard for me to see that him not being a, a big part of, of the team. Um, and again, we didn't use, we didn't, no, 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 no draft. Round. So it's kind of like if we would have pushed one of these other guys up, it means we would have lost out on Ayuk, James. Yeah. Cook, I wouldn't have done it. Moore. So I feel like it was a necessary, um, it was a necessary pick to take Jacecki. And I just have a little less reservations about him than I do the Seattle offense and Everett, like, I don't know. I go back and forth. Like I have some Everett for sure, but I think he's the number four target on his team um, with, with Eckler getting a lot of targets and the two wide receivers. So like Everett, we need to have a big touchdown season. Um, I like him, but I don't like him as my tight end one week one, throw Jacecki out there to the wolves and let's see what happens. Um, 
keep us going here. Tyrion Davis Price, Brian Robinson, Chris Evans. Um, TDP and Brian Robinson, we we made those picks pretty easily. Yeah. Um, we almost went Gainwell over TDP. Yeah. Maybe you, could, you could talk about your your kind of our, our decision making with that. I could share mine, or or you could share yours. No, go ahead. I I I just wonder in hindsight, being twenty two, I like a lot of these running backs here. What one five went in an eight pick span? Um, I think I you know we obviously didn't get a chance to ask Abib if we had gone Gainwell there, could we have gotten TDP back? My guess is still no. I, I doubt it. I think he's I doubt, taking yeah. TDP right there. Um, so my argument where we went Gainwell versus TDP was, I think Gainwell has a weekly floor every week, um, no matter what happens to Miles Sanders. TDP might not. But I think that if Mitchell went down, TDP would be my choice where he would be the starting running back, and I think he would get the high-value touches. Um, and I think like TDP would be a top-15 play every week that Elijah Mitchell's not out. Now, maybe yeah. I could be wrong, and maybe yeah. it's maybe it's Trey Sermon. Uh, maybe it's Jeff Wilson, but I, I don't see it. I think it's TDP. They use the draft capital on him. He's a big back who's physical. So we we like taking him there. Um, we don't like losing Kenneth Gainwell. But I think we were happy to get Brian yeah. Robinson. Uh, there's some very sharp people on Brian Robinson. Um, I've, there's a couple of high-volume, sharp drafters who have been on the GOAT district, and I won't you know name names here. But they're taking Brian Robinson every chance they can get. Um, so I like having some exposure to him. Um, I don't think Antonio Gibson is done, but like Brian Robinson gives us another kind of high end upside. Maybe we have some questions about the Washington offense, but I think you can kind of paint yourself a picture that Brian Robinson in, in weeks Gibson would be out, would be like a top 20 play ish. Yeah. Um, he can catch yeah. the ball a little bit. So. I don't. I think like people have this idea that he's just like this goal line back, but he can catch the ball a little bit. Uh, he's an Alabama back and and all those good things. We were really happy about Chris Evans. Maybe you could talk about that a little. Yeah, bit. we. I, I love Chris Evans, uh, Captain America, to to back up or to, with Mixon and without Mixon. And I think we're, we're beyond the the ten round rule. Theo, yeah, right? Mixon and two, so we got we got Chris Evans in fourteen. And man, when did we start talking about Evans? We, we started 12, talking about Evans earlier 11. because I had seen I in my previous main event, Somebody the Joe Mixon team took Chris Evans in the eleventh round. 11, yeah, which is which is like a, a we don't recommend that. That's a that's a panic move. Over, I'm panicking that I might lose my handcuff. Um, it's but, it's you know, but at the end of the day, I think people are starting to consider him higher than the fourteenth round. I yeah. think like. Like I think you'll start seeing like 14th round for me is a is a good value for Evans. Like if Mixon went down, I know that there is a love of Samaj P. Ryan by the coaching staff, but at the end of the day, Evans has the juice. Um and I think we're we're happy to get him. And and we liked our team enough. Um, I'll steal this this line from Abib. Abib will always say he likes to handcuff when he likes his team. Um, we liked our team enough that we really yeah. wanted to handcuff Mixon. And I think with the like handcuffing kind of gets a bad rap in, in these formats um, where people think it's kind of like limits your upside. But at the end of the day, with the long season, um, you might get three starts out of a guy. And I mean, I don't, a lot, you can't really project too many of these running backs to play every single game. So if we get yeah. three starts out of Evans, then it's it's a great pick. Um, yeah, and I mainly like that. I like the – I've adopted that, your 10-round your rule. I, 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 like, I like being that far away, right? 
you wouldn't do Jones or Dylan if, if those were even handcuffs now. But I, 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 lo- I love the idea that we got him, what, 11, 11 rounds, tw- 12 rounds after um, value. So Yeah, the 10-round rule is basically, you know, if you take your, your starting running back, you don't draft his handcuff for, for at least 10 rounds. You're going to like your build better than trying to force yeah. it. And, like, you're starting to see now some, some of these teams where maybe you see somebody take Singletary and a James Cook. Like, I, I kind of get it, but it's um, – to me, it's like you're using such early yeah, capital on on one position, and I. Well, it goes back to the. Oh, go not to cut you, but you, you have to draft as if you're right. Like, yeah. You, like if 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 Singletary is the hit, then then Cook is is not, is inherently not. So I I don't mind. Like again, I think the ten round rule is just like not like a, a force you to do it, but it keeps you keeps you honest and keeps you building the right way until you have some of these lottery ticks, tickets, anyways. And also we, you know, so we also see like just kind of moving forward in our draft, we we talked to each other about how happy we were that we added the Ayuk and, and more picks because a lot yes. of our favorite like double digit round wide receivers all went and like yeah. people really really pushed wide receiver in this draft. Um, we don't need to go through every name, but a lot of the higher upside, young, intriguing wide receivers and a couple of these veterans that we like all went. So like we came around in the fifteenth round. Um, we saw Tunyon go and we got a tight end that we were happy to get in, in Brevin Jordan. I think that was a pretty easy pick for me. Yeah. Um, maybe talk a little bit about Brevin Jordan there, Andrew. Yeah. I wish, I wish we had gotten a chance to talk to Abib because I think what Dio and Chris, they like, uh, Pharaoh Brown. So the uh, Pharaoh Brown, Pharaoh Brown situation, like it's okay. So the, the Pharaoh Brown, um, has his fans in Houston, but there's also yeah. a ton of buzz on, Brevin Jordan. They're also lining up Brevin Jordan in the backfield at times yeah. um, as like a halfback kind of fullback. Um, he's Brevin Jordan by all accounts is flashing at camp. Uh, he's a Miami tight end. Um, I know that's square to say, but uh, we, we love seeing Miami tight ends uh, excel in the NFL. Um, I liked Brevin Jordan as a prospect. Um, I think it was like the, the Kyle Pitts, you know, Pat Fryermuth kind of, you know, pushed him down, but I liked him. Um, I drafted him him like late in rookie drafts um, when he was a rookie. Um, and I still have hope for him this year as like a bounce back tight end. So I think they're going to be in two tight end sets a lot. Um, and I think they're going to be passing a lot. So yeah, I, I like our pick there and having Brevin Jordan as our tight end too. I liked it. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. So, so, so two things I'm going to use the, yeah, this, this, the other side of the argument of Gasicki. So I, I, for Gasicki, I said, oh, it's great that he's on the field, even if he's blocking, because at least he's on the field. For Pharaoh Brown, I'm going to put, you know, it's the same thing, right? He's on the field a lot because he's blocking. Yeah, but Brevin Jordan's out there catching passes. So it's, it's the same side of the argument. Let me just argue either side that I like uh, for this particular player that I like. Uh, I like that uh, Brevin Jordan or Pharaoh Brown's going to do the blocking. So Brevin Jordan can go, uh, can go catch passes. The other thing to mention, Theo, the t shirt intern, we got to get him on this. Um, when, when, when you pass on, and a, there was a, uh, the tight end pod. Yesterday, which I got to catch up on, but when you, when you let the tight ends go and you don't crank purple, as Crack Rock says, uh, we we got to have the T-shirt that says uh, you, you let the you let the tight ends do a, a Tom Petty, a, a free falling into nothing. So I think that we we did that. I think that we did it well here uh, with the uh, with a couple of tight ends that we grabbed. So, anyways, well, t- we'll, have to, we'll have to send one of those T-shirts to to our boy Josh McAtee in the in the chat. Um, Josh is saying TDP was the pick for 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 you because you do not need to, need to start him. Yeah. I love that. And then Josh adds that if he was, if we were at 
So Andrew, maybe you could you could elaborate on this, but if we had been a hero build and like James Cook was our RB two, yeah, um, you, we would have been forced to take Gainwell, correct? That's right. That's right. So Josh nailed that. So it's more it's a structural thing where TDP um, could have zero carries week one, and we don't it doesn't would not really affect us. Whereas certain teams Andrew and I had put together, we might need you know Gainwell to start week one uh, for that floor play if we went with a true hero. Um, Josh also shares that uh, Evans is, is a pass-catching RB target with upside if Mixon goes down. Absolutely, we agree We agree on that for sure. Shout-out to Joey Brown in the chat as well. Um, I want to wrap this up. I know you, you've got places to go, Andrew, but Justin Tucker and Indianapolis defense, we push them up. And I know you like to do this occasionally. Maybe talk about how you like to go kicker and defense a little ahead of the curve um, in like the 16th, 17th instead of waiting until like the 19th, 20th. Yeah, and I, so I think one and look, sixteen, seventeen is slightly early. So I hope hopefully this makes the, uh, sense, Theo. And I I know you did some stats and information as well. Want to get to that? So Tucker, Lamar, Tucker and Lamar have. Oh yeah, we, go ahead, we, go ahead. we did this. We did a brief, a brief. I did a brief Twitter study yeah. here over the last that's, couple that's of years. Information over, desk. It was kicker, great. Over over kicker quarterback correlation, the hit rates are not tremendous on on having a uh, a kicker and a quarterback start together. Um, from the same team. However, you have Lamar Jackson in his in his QB one season. Justin Tucker was was kicker three overall. So we've seen them um, exceed uh, excel next to one another. Um, we all know how talented Justin Tucker is. So it's kind of like we're really, really, really betting on that Baltimore offense because we'll be starting Bateman, we'll be starting Tucker, and we'll be starting Lamar Jackson. And I think that the bull argument was. Let's say let's say that Baltimore has a low scoring week, but it's a, a field goal friendly game, and it's a it's a game that we need to get points at. At least we will have exposure to the Baltimore offense in that sense. So yeah. that was a tough one, but again, we like taking Tucker. Um, and, but are you doing that regularly, Andrew? Or are you are you? Yeah. So, so, so going back to this, like maybe this, Theo, you know, rein me in if this doesn't make sense. When you're picking early in the draft, right? Your your twentieth round pick is going to be obviously one of the last what four picks of the draft here. It, it almost makes sense in, in my head to be getting your quarterback or your, your kicker in your defense before then that way you can save your 20th round pick for your favorite flyer. So because you're going to, what, what I don't want to end up with, with the, with the bottom of the barrel kicker where I'm, I'm going to be streaming, I'd rather have like a lottery pick in that, um, in that late 20. So I am, if I'm in the first half of drafts, I am definitely moving up uh, kicker and defense normally 17, 18, to leave uh, two slots um, towards the uh, you know towards the end of the draft, but I definitely want to have them on board, knowing that you know obviously by the time it gets back to me, um, you know everyone before you know everyone in the back half of the draft will have had to already have their their full roster, their kicker defense. So it's just a little bit of stru- a structural. I'm I'm not so much worried about lot like losing lottery tickets in that 17th, 18th, and again, in our case, 16th, 17th here, because I am cycling through the lottery tickets, right? That, you know, the Chris Evans, you know, you know, rounder or two earlier, um, the, you know, pair of strongs as we ended up getting on the board. Like, I can cycle through those guys, and until ADP really solidifies, you know, when we get in early September in Vegas, I, I don't really need to be worried about um, losing out on, like, the, the the lottery ticket du jour. So I, I'd rather have on board a kicker that we like, Tucker, and then uh, a defense that you really had your eyes set on, uh, for their early uh, early season schedule, if you want to touch on that, yeah, I like Indianapolis defense a lot this year. Um, three of their first five games are are smash are smash hop plays, um, and I think they are a very talented defense as well. So, 
Um, I'm into them, and I, and I was happy where we got them. Um, two of our last three picks were, were were really like lottery ticket running back picks, but I did want to touch on Greg Dulcich. We were happy to get him there in the 19th round. Um, is that a guy that you think is going to be on our team after week three, or is this a, or is this a lottery pick uh, for you? The lottery ticket and more of like a uh, I don't know if this word works, but like arbitrage, like right, like he does well in any of his preseason games. Theo, he's going to be around 14, 15, right? And so I think just having him on the board and not having to spend money and having a couple of weeks of free looks, I'm not so much. Maybe we pick this guy up and drop him three or four different times on the season, um, but but it was it was more of like a play on who could we see spiking on a sick catch, a preseason game, et cetera. Um, and you know, tight end premium, it, it made sense to, to have Dolchitz on board. And, and of course, we're, we're, we're no dummies. Um, imitations, the, the sincerest form of flattery, right? We see other, you know, you know, high stakes pods like, you know, like ours, uh, on Greg Dolchitz. And of course that, uh, that perks our ears up and, you know, we, we gotta be thoughtful about that and, and kind of see where the, uh, the meta is going. Uh, so we're, we're always in tune with the, the ADP and, and the, uh, and the right picks there. Yeah. And I'll say like the, the Greg Dulcich selection, you know, post Tim Patrick injury, like, yeah. what if Dulcich plays some more wide receiver snaps? Um, I yeah. think that's the bull argument because he was and a wide receiver. Patrick, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so that, I mean, like, he's got different paths to um, to being a, to being a usable fantasy player this year. Um, he either you know out snaps Alberto, um, or you know maybe he's some kind of hybrid wide receiver tight end for them, but. Yeah. You know, by all accounts, they really, really like him at camp. I think that there's a lot of people on him, um, so it's it's an interesting one. And I, um, and I think, and I think Theodore, you go. I think that Patrick got hurt maybe around the David Bell pick. So I think yes. it was, like, I think it was like pretty, like the the news came out and like we were pretty tight on the clock. And I think it made it end up making it uh, a no brainer for a number of reasons. All right, so listen, we're going to wrap it up. We're at an hour. This was awesome to do, yeah. Andrew. We're going to be back drafting with one another for a. Uh, a, a Millie Billy's um, a football guys draft. Um, we haven't really set that date, but maybe sometime in the next week or so. Agreed to be scheduled. Awesome, and then and uh, and we're sliding into people's DMs about getting uh, main events going. We, we're going to do, do a main event with our with our boy the Guilds. Um, Andrew and I are going to split a main event with the Guilds. Andrew and I have a, a ton of drafts we're doing this year. A couple with Dan Williamson, uh, but we added added one with the Guilds today. So I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna review that one. It'll be another main event. Um, and then look for uh, JD coming back on. Um, they're going to be balling this week, most likely tomorrow night uh, with Kevin Wheeler as a guest where JD is going to draft a uh, best ball team. I drafted one with JD last Friday night. It was a blast. I'm sure it's going to be a great broadcast. So look for the announcement for that one for tomorrow night. Uh, Andrew, this was a blast as well, always. And uh, have a good night. Thanks, chat. Thanks, Theo. Thanks, Abib. And shout out to 1912, Josh, Joey. The chat was lit. Um, we'll look for you guys later in the week. Take care. Thanks.